You know, The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe is the first book in the C.S. Lewis series, The Chronicles of Narnia. The story follows four children as they're sent away to their family in the countryside. While playing hide-and-seek, they stumbled across a portal that was hidden in an old wardrobe. They're taken to the land of Narnia, which is a far-away place covered in a thick layer of snow. The magical creatures that live there cower in fear as they tell the children of an evil witch that has cursed the land so that it's always winter, but never Christmas. You know, that quote there is a perfect picture of hopelessness. Always winter, but never Christmas. And that might be how you feel this morning. That same type of hopelessness. 2020 has been a year unlike any other in my lifetime. Sickness and hopelessness and unrest and death and division. You can easily become overwhelmed by all the things that are going on. And you can look to the future and see cold, dark skies. And it seems like spring is a distant memory. Hope is in short supply. Just like Narnia, our world is cursed, but not by a witch, but by sin. Pain and sorrow seem to rule the day. Is there any hope for tomorrow? This same type of winter taking hold, we see it play out many times in Scripture. It didn't look like there was any possible way that things could change. Things look bleak and hope was fading. We see this in the very first story in the book of Luke. Dr. Luke tells us about some people named Zachariah and Elizabeth. There are a couple of people that are brokenhearted because they've always wanted to have kids. That was what their heart's desire was, but it never happened for them. And now they're old. And it looks like there was no possible way. They've totally missed out. We see this in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. You know, the inability uh, to have children is an incredibly hard struggle that people still face today. And I want to apologize in advance if you're, uh, this is something you have struggled with. Because it's an it's a, a unbelievably hard thing. And it's real. And the Bible talks about this pain often. But in this culture, 2,000 years ago, there were some other uh, consequences that came from this inability to have children. You were looked down on in society. You also didn't have hope for someone to take care of you in the future. There was no retirement plans. There was no social security. 
without the ability to have children, there was very little hope for the future. J.D. Greer tells us that Zechariah and Elizabeth had hoped for a son. But year after year, they cycled through hope and disappointment. I'm sure they tried absolutely everything. I'm, I'm sure they felt crushed every time that answer came back. People would begin to look at them and wonder what they could have possibly done to displease God. And years go by. And as age sets in, so does the disappointment. The situation was bleak. Maybe you have some situations like this in your life, right? Maybe it's for you waiting on that call back for a job that never comes. Hoping to reunite with a child that you're estranged with. Wondering why God hasn't sent you that person to marry. Maybe it's drowning in debt with no end in sight. Or a bad diagnosis that keeps getting worse. It seems as though there is a curse when it's, and it's always winter, but never Christmas. You begin to wonder what's wrong with you. And you look around and you seem like other people's lives always go right and other people catch breaks that you never get. When will the sun break through? But Zachariah and Elizabeth had done nothing to deserve this. Luke just told us that they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But now not only were they barren, now they were old. And hope flickered out. Verse 8. Now while he was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty... According to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Zechariah was a priest. He was working one day in the temple alone, lighting the incense, which was a, that was a special job that didn't happen very often, but he was picked to do that. Verse 11 says, there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw this, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. You know, there's a lot of different ideas and beliefs about angels, right? But one thing is clear in God's word. It's not a little fat baby with wings. Every time you see an angel show up in the Bible, it, it, it almost always says, Fear not. Fear not is the first thing they say. Why? Because these are bad dudes, right? These are not somebody you would mess with. Your first reaction is to feel like, I'm going to die right now. But Gabriel tells them, hey, fear not, Zechariah. I'm not going to kill you. Don't panic. Do not fear. He has a message from God. Verse 13. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, 
And he must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Well, Zechariah is done, right? His jaw is hanging open. His eyes are wide. He's speechless, frozen stiff, stunned. He just had an interaction with an angel. This angel told him something amazing, that he will have a son and his name will be John. He will be a great man of God and he will call his country to repent for their sin and that he'll be set apart and filled with the Holy Spirit. He will prepare the way for the Messiah. This is amazing. But Zechariah had some thoughts. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Now in the Hebrew, that phrase advanced in years is even stronger than just old. So Zechariah is saying, look, angel, that's nice and all, but I'm old. And if you think I'm old, you got to check out my wife. She's advanced in years. I don't recommend saying that about your wife. But what he's saying is there's no way that this could ever happen. He's not buying it. He said, look, if God wanted to answer this prayer, he missed the boat a long time ago. That part of our life has expired. Well, the angel gets a little bit scary again, right? Let's check out what he says in the next verse, verse 19. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. Look, Zach, this isn't my first rodeo. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. God sent me to give you this message. I understand that it's hard for you to believe, but I am a messenger of God, the same God that created the universe. Gabriel wasn't amused at all by Zachariah's disbelief. He says, look, nothing is impossible for the God that made reality. Verse 20, behold, you will be silent until the day that these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Zechariah got put in time out, right? He, the angel tells him, look, you're not going to be able to speak until all these things happen. He was disciplined for his unbelief, but God didn't give up on it. God still wanted good things for him. God still was going to answer his prayer, this prayer for a son. And that son would announce the biggest event in history. Verse 62 tells us that they had to make signs to Zechariah in order to be able to communicate. Uh, Most scholars would say that not only was he uh, unable to speak, but there's a chance that he was deaf as well. They had to make signs to communicate. Look, we can all pile on Zechariah, right, and say, man, I would have had faith, and I would have just, an angel showed up. I would have just believed it. But don't forget, him and his wife had been in a long, 
cold, dark winter of pain and unanswered prayer. Hope was lost a long, long time ago. He refused to believe because of the pain. His heart was scarred and there was hurt. I'm sure he fought off bitterness. Have you ever had that kind of doubt? God, if you really loved me. God, if you're really that powerful. God, why have you forgotten about me? God, I don't see there being any way that you could get me out of this situation. God, I give up. I can't do this anymore. God shut Zachariah's mouth to get his attention, to remind him who was in control, but also to show him that he loved him. He didn't immediately strike him dead, right? He wasn't done with him just because the doubt had overcome him. And this went on for nine months. I imagine Zechariah had plenty of time to think, right? To reflect and to remember. And he as he saw his wife's belly grow, I'm sure the tears flooded his eyes as he realized that that light was breaking through that cold, cold winter and his heart was warming and his hurt was healing and thankfulness must have been on his mind constantly. Hope was back for this old man. Verse 24. And after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. For five months, she kept herself hidden saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in these days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. For five months, Elizabeth held her pregnancy from anyone. Can you imagine this 75-year-old woman hiding her baby bump, right? I'm sure that the rumor around town was that Elizabeth's sneaking an extra few Twinkies. But she didn't care. God was answering her prayer, taking away her pain, thawing her heart. She would no longer be a reproach. No longer would people ask, what did Elizabeth do wrong? Now they would look at her and say, God answered her prayer. God uh, looked kindly on her and blessed her. Verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. and She bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her. And they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives are called by this name. And they made signs to the father, inquiring what he wanted to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and he wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. Zechariah learned his lesson. The angel told him the name. He may not have believed on the front half, but now he believed. And he wrote, his name is John. Verse 64. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed. And he blessed God. All that pent-up praise and and thankfulness came spilling out of Zechariah's mouth. His hope and faith in the Lord was restored. Winter was over. Spring was bursting through. 
And you could go and you can read all the wonderful things that uh, Zechariah said about the Lord in verses 68 through 79. His poem, blessing the Lord over and over and over again. See, God disciplines us when we lack faith because he loves us. Because he wants something so much better for us. His boy John grew up to be John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, a great preacher that called the nation of Israel back to repentance. He paved the way for Jesus. And something wonderful came out of that long, cold, dead winter. J.D. Greer says, you see, barrenness was a sign of ultimate desolation in Jewish culture. Children were their primary source of joy and security. Children meant you had prospects for the future. Your kids were who took care of you. And no kids meant no real honor. Your issue this morning might not be children. Maybe it's something else in your life that's let you down. Your career never turned out like you thought it would. You never gotten the the success that you thought you deserved. You're still single and you always wanted to be married and you thought things were going to be different. Or maybe you're married and your marriage has let you down. You're sick and you can't enjoy health. There are many ways to be barren. Maybe you feel barren because you have less talent or you didn't get into the right school and now your soul feels empty and there feels like there is no hope for the future. Now, the point is not that God will give you that thing. There's a good chance that Zechariah didn't get to enjoy his son for very long. He was, he was old. He never got to see his grandkids. John never took care of him in his old age. The point is not the thing. The point was that God broke through that winter. God showed up and took away their barrenness. Tucked away in the middle of this story of of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and another angel reveals another unexpected birth, the birth of Christ, that would take away not just the barrenness of one family, but our soul's barrenness forever. Where there was winter, a rose would bloom. Where there was brokenness, healing would come. Emmanuel, God, with. Us. Ultimately, the unhappiness in your life is caused by the separation that sin brings. Restoration and closeness with your maker is the only path to real joy and happiness. God wants us to have good things, but he already gave us the best gift Ever. And it started on that Christmas, 2,000 years ago, a, a winter that broke through with the most amazing Christmas ever. Don't seek the things. Seek the ultimate gift giver. More success, more kids, more romance, more money. That is not the answer to your barrenness. Now, the answer is Jesus. There is hope. 
And it broke through that Christmas 2,000 years ago. In the Chronicles of Narnia, the, the, the Jesus figure is Aslan, the lion. Listen to this quote. As Lucy and Edmund found themselves in Narnia, suddenly the children heard the sound of sleigh bells approaching. They figured it was the evil witch, so they hid. However, it was not the witch. It was Father Christmas. Having been held captive by the witch, he had finally gotten free. I have broken through at last, he says. She kept me out for a long time, but her magic is weakening. Aslan, the lion is on the move. A Merry Christmas. Long live the true king. We live in a world where there is a curse, where there is winter and cold and darkness, where there's pain and hardship, yet ever before us is the promise of Christmas that Jesus has come to the world to save us. The king is coming. Long live the true king. See, Advent isn't only about looking to the past. It's also about looking to the future. The fact that the curse is being broken, that the true king is coming, and that winter will one day be over forever. And that spring and the warmth and the life is coming. Have hope. Have hope. Have hope. I want you to bow your heads right where you're at right now. Hopelessness has been a thing that we've struggled with for months and months. And some people have given up and some people have tried to make things happen. Or maybe they just deny that there is even problems and they they run away from it. I don't know what type of barrenness is in your life this morning. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. Am I saying that you're going to get the thing that, that you've always wanted? I can't tell you that. Maybe. But I do know this. The thing that your soul really longs for the thing that your soul really needs is that gift that was given to us 2,000 years ago. The gift of Jesus Christ. Start there. Start there. Bow the knee and tell God this morning, God, I know this area in my life is barren. I know there's pain and brokenness and hurt, but I accept you as the ultimate gift. And I realize that you're better than anything else. Have hope this morning. The king is coming. He has a plan. He's the answer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, God, us as Christians, sometimes we doubt. 
And sometimes we allow ourselves to be overcome by the cold and the darkness and the bleakness of winter. God, but help us to remember that the promise of spring and the promise of you stepping in is always there. And until then, God, help us to have a song in our heart, God. Help us to grow. Help us to have a sunshine in our souls today because we know that you love us and that you care about us and there is always hope because of what you did 2,000 years ago. God, I pray for anyone listening right now that has not put their faith and trust in you. God, I pray that they would call out to you right now, realize their need for a Savior. God, I pray that they would put down any good works or anything else they're holding on to, God. And they would... They would turn from their sin and put their faith in you and you alone right now. Help them to call out to you right now, God. Call them to yourself. God, those of us that are Christians, God, help us to be, God, beacons of hope. Lord, this year, you've challenged us to step up and to be the light. And for too often, God, we've been complaining, God, and we've been... uh, hopeless we've been depressed we fought with each other God when we should be the light of in the world I'd help this church to always be pushing people towards you and the light that is found in you I'd help people to see our hope in this dark cold winter and not understand why we could still have it Thank you for the gift of Christmas. Thank you that my sins are covered. I thank you that no matter what happens to me on this earth, I have hope for the future. And I know that I am loved by my maker. I'm not condemned for those things that I've done in the past. That I have a God in heaven, a father that loves me so much. And he wants good things for me. God, change us today forever. In your name we pray.